Hey, I'm Wyatt Welch, and you're listening to Echo Talk. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Echo Talk. Just in case you didn't hear the intro, because I skipped it last week, apparently, my name is Wyatt Welch, and this is my podcast, so welcome to it. Now, I have to give a shout out here to the Avita students. So I'm working at a theater right now, and we're doing Avita, and one of them found my podcast, and like wildfire, it's kind of been spreading throughout, and so they've been asking for a shout out for an episode. So I do have to first start off this episode by saying, this is for you guys. Thank you for for finding it and, and enjoying it. It makes me happy that you guys are are liking it. So I've been asked, like, what is this podcast about? What is your podcast about? And I've been just saying, it's about everything, but it's really just, there's no specifics or like set rules that I have besides my pyramid of the week, basically. It's just kind of casual everyday conversations that I hope will uh, bring humor into your life or inspire Brighton. I know I've kind of done a couple episodes of those of like self-healing or talk like that. It's just basically things that I want to be echoes in your life, if you will. I just hope to bring something in your life of where you can think on it and hopefully laugh, or you can think about it and say, okay, I'm going to try this new question here, or maybe it's just a new perspective on things that you never even had thought about. Just something new to hopefully bring something enjoy, enjoy, enjoyable into your life. Oof, I need to move on because this introduction, I feel I need to be better and more confident in explaining what my podcast is to people without feeling like I'm standing in front of a class and trying to introduce myself as the new student, but... I'll get there. I'll get there. Just I need patience with myself. My podcast always starts off with something called the pyramid. So the pyramid works like dance moms. So if you've seen dance moms, you know that each week they start out with students on the bottom of the pyramid all the way up to the top. And the top is usually the best performer of the week and gets the solo. So the way that mine works is I have a different category. It doesn't always have to fit in with the podcast episodes like theme of the episode, I guess. It could just be random. So my theme, I wanted to stick with the Christmas theme here since we are in the month of December. I wanted to do the traps from home alone. So the traps that Kevin sets with the order of the like least like or like the ones I could take first. So on the bottom of the pyramid will be the traps that I feel like, okay, I could handle that. I'd be, I'd be fine all the way up to the worst one. So the, the most dreaded one that I could picture of, of those traps from home alone. So to start off our pyramid, we have the trap that I feel the most confident that I'd be okay with. Like the one that if I was breaking into a house, the ones that I would want to encounter. So I didn't include the ice slipping because I felt like that's just too basic. I mean, I slip on ice every winter, so it's not really a trap. So one of the traps that I felt the most confident in to start off would be the car slipping. So I'm not, like I said, not ice, but how Kevin sets up little toy cars and they, they slip and fall in them. I feel like this would just knock the wind out of me. I'd cry for a second, get right back up, and I'm on my way to stealing things again, and I'd be fine. So that's at the bottom of my pyramid. However, my next one here is more of like a, a sensory overload kind of trap, I think, and it's the feathers of how Kevin gets the feathers and the fan and it just sprays on the people or on the robber and it sticks to them. I feel like my brain wouldn't be able to take it. I couldn't, I, I think I would, it's kind of almost making me panic thinking about being covered in feathers because there's no way out. There's not a way to just immediately get them off. I mean, I'd be trying to, ah, it panics me. So I think that would be just one of, it's not bad or painful per se. It would just be, how, how could you steal effectively when you are leaving feathers out and about? 
you wouldn't be able to. And I wouldn't be able to think correctly either because my whole my whole robber outfit would be ruined by these feathers. And I don't want, I want to be stylish when I'm robbing, right? I don't want to be a, a big bird st- robbing through someone's house. My next one would be like my neutral choice. So the one that's like, oh, I don't really want that to happen, but if worse comes to worse, I could take it. And that would be the doorknob. And doorknob and paint cans, I'd say here, are kind of my my three. So the doorknob of where it gets heated up and so you touch it and it's just hot and it burns your hand. I mean, I already took a stove to the hand so I could take a hot doorknob and I'd be just fine. Or the paint cans when they swing down and hit the hit the guys in the head. That would be painful for sure. And I have a big enough forehead to take the blow, but I... I think I could recover from that. I'd be okay. Would it be painful? Yeah. Would I want to do it? No. I just think that those are my best neutral choices here. However, moving on to the big bads, the top three that I would not want to have happen to me. So my third place here would be the blowtorch. The blowtorch on top of my head. uh, When he opens the door and there's just a flamethrower, right? And it's just burning through his beanie on top of his hair. Granted, I don't think I would stand there as long as he did. He just stands there and screams while there's a flame bursting on top of his head. I still think, though, the image of me losing my hair. Like, I'm very vain. So losing my hair would be... (laughs) That would send me home from robbing that night. I'd cry, right? Not not because I was my scalp was burned, but because I just lost my hair. That's that would be enough to send me home for the night. So that would be one that I would not want at all. It I'm not even thinking about the pain because I'm sure it'd be very painful, but just the thought of losing my hair is too much for me. Next, we have this is I, this is kind of a, a one that I went back and forth on and it just freaks my brain out to think about. I, I hate these scenarios when it comes into movies is the tar on the stairs with the nail. So the guy loses his shoes and socks because he's getting stuck to the tar on the stairs, which leads him to step on a nail to go through his foot. And I don't know why people love the image of people stepping barefoot on a nail in movies, but they use it so much. I mean, I can only think of Quiet Place, the only other movie that's using it, but I feel like I see it all the time or just anytime they have to step on sharp things, which will lead to my last one here. But stepping on that nail, just going right through your foot. Oof. Oof. I, ah, I picture the nail just gliding against the bone of my foot and that's horrific, horrific imagery there. And the sound and the stickiness of the tar too much, like again, sensory overload. This has the sensory overload of stickiness. It ruins my outfit because it takes away my shoes and my socks. It brings the pain, right? And I just don't think I could heal emotionally, physically, spiritually at all from that one. But this leads us to the big bad, the one that I would not want to happen, the 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 trap that is the worst of all. And drumroll, please. It's the ornaments of how, so the, he just stepped on a nail, but now he's having to step through on glass ornaments walking across the bare, the bare hardwood floors in bare feet. And he makes it sound painful like, ow, ow. But Imagine having to step on shards of glass. Your feet would be bloodied. You would, oh, oh, you would have to pull out little shards. I can't think of a better word than shards at the moment. You'd have to pull out little shards of glass for days, I'm sure. I remember one time my mom stepped on an ornament in our garage because she was barefoot. And that thing bothered her for like a week because she couldn't get the ornament shard out. So I couldn't picture 
stepping on not just one, but multiple glass ornaments, barefoot, trunching through the house. That's the worst nightmare there. Anything kind of dealing with feet, I've just never enjoyed. I don't know why it's coming to my brain, but you know the, like, uh, what's that game? Would you rather? There was one of like, would you rather stuff like a, ah, I can't even say it because it bothers me so much. Stuff a toothpick in your toe and kick against the wall. That is, uh, that has nothing to do with Home Alone. That sounds, I would rather just die. I'd rather just someone take me out at that point. I don't want to ever bear through that kind of pain or having to think about it. Just kill me at that point. Don't let me live. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not one of God's strongest soldiers. I can't take those battles. So give them to someone else. Double it, pass it along. I, I just can't do it. Moving on to our topic for today, which I again goes back to the Avita kids. They they asked if I could do an episode about them, and I was like, I can't think of anything of what I would do. And then I thought, well, duh, theater. If I could do another theater episode, because the majority of my listeners are theater people. So again, thank you to the Avita the Avita kids for for getting another episode motivated for me to to get this out there for you guys. So I thought I would do my five things that I, the five, my top five of the things I hate about theater and the things I love about theater. So, and I guess essentially it's another pyramid here, but I don't have these really in any order. I just thought, huh, sometimes I really love theater and sometimes I really hate theater. I I don't want to always classify myself, classify myself as a theater kid, but I truly am just a theater kid at heart. And I think it, it's a, a double-edged sword sometimes with theater because there are so, I'd say there's so many more things that are wonderful about it than there are negative, otherwise we wouldn't do it. But there are sometimes some, some harsh things there. So I'm going to first start with my five things I hate about theater and then move on to the things I love. Now, I do want to put this out there. Just because I, it's a negative thing doesn't mean that I have someone in specific like I'm talking about or anything like that. It's either been things I've seen in passing or things that, yeah, I have been in them, but I just don't, I don't want to make it seem like I'm calling anyone out or trying to make a statement, I guess. I'm just saying, I, I've noticed this about theater and it's not my favorite thing. It could be your favorite thing, but it's just not mine. So it's my opinion. How do you know what's good for me? That's my opinion! Let's start. Number one of the things that I don't like about theater. This one gets to me the more that I see theater as it, as it just goes on, but it's just when, let me, okay, let me finish my full point before you, before you jump on the attack ship here. It's feminine men that are the butt of the joke, if that makes sense. So I, I don't, how can I explain this? It's when being a man on stage or like being feminine or a man being a girl or acting girly is like the butt of the joke the entire show because there's so many shows of where a guy will have to pretend to be a woman and it's like I don't know why I don't know if it's just something that's outdated and maybe I'm just not finding it funny anymore but it's just not funny right I I hate this because it's just ah okay I don't think I'm giving it justice the way I'm explaining it here I think some people take a, a character that is feminine and will just run with it, right? To the point of where that character is no longer having depth or meaning. They're just there to be funny, to be girly on stage, to get a laugh. And I hate that, regardless of, of any character. If you're just a character there to be to get a cheap laugh out of someone, I'm not here for it, right? I think every character has a story to tell on stage. 
And I think that if someone is just doing a one dimensional character, then they're just not a great actor. <laughs> Does that mean to say? That's not to say I haven't done this either. I know in junior high, I did Xanadu where I was dressed up as a fairy. And that's or not a fairy, a muse, but it was basically a fairy. And it just was, that was the joke was guys acting girly on stage. And I get it. Like, yeah, it's funny every now and then. But if it's just throughout the entire show of the same thing over and over and there's no in-depth or they use like one deep low voice at some point, then ha ha ha. But I just, I hate when it's used as the butt of the joke. And I should point out here too, that a lot of the times it's not really even the actor's fault or the director's. I think that there's ways to go about it. It's usually just the writing. I think there are so many plays and musicals written where that is the butt of the joke of being girly or acting gay or having those. Uh, I've seen so many shows where it's a one-liner about a guy liking another guy and it's just it's there to get laughs and I yeah I don't know I just it rubs me the wrong way because one it's probably just because I am sensitive to it because I am a guy who likes other guys so to always just have it be seen or shown as a joke or that that type of love is only supposed to be funny but not actually sentimental or actually real I think that's just giving a not a great perception to people (laughs) and That's my opinion. That's my opinion. That's my opinion! Maybe you love seeing men act feminine or girly on stage, and that's your type of humor. That's great. It's just not mine. Number two, the divas. Now, every single person in theater has been a diva at some point. Sorry, if you say that you haven't been a diva at some point in your theater career or theater life, you are absolutely lying because we all have done it, right? We all want the attention. We all want that Rachel Berry moment, but... It's when people take it too far of where they're putting others down or they act like they're better than others. And I'm not perfect with this either. I will catch myself at some times of of getting in those mindsets. And it's it's a hard thing with theater, right? You always get praised for performances or when you do something good, like people tell you that you're awesome. And so you start to get this mindset of like, okay, yeah, I'm better than this person or this person, or especially in auditions is kind of having that mindset of like, okay, I'm better than this person. This person's probably better than me. And it can kind of get into almost a toxic mindset there. I hate that I used the word toxic right there, but threw it in there. And something that I, I still am working on and I'm just trying to get through is Confidence is not going into a room and thinking I'm better than everyone in here. Confidence is going into the room and saying, if someone doesn't like me, that's okay. I know that I like what I have. It's not thinking that you're better than someone else. And so that's something that I'm truly trying to channel in every aspect of my life, not just theater, but having that confidence of like, it's okay if they don't like me. I like what I have to offer. It doesn't mean that I'm better than someone else. doesn't mean that someone else is better than me. It just means I have something different to offer, right? I kind of think about that with auditions is I'm not going in there to to think that I'm the best because I think about people like Jeremy Jordan or Aaron Tivet, uh, Broadway people, just in case you didn't know. And those are the only two Broadway people that I know. And it's just because they are on Grease and Little Shop, I think. But those are the only two theater guys I know. Don't ask me any more names. I will not be able to tell you. But with those two, I'm like, oh yeah, they're the best. I'm never going to be able to get to that level. And so I've kind of met peace with that of saying, okay, like they're at that level. I'm just going to do the best I can now, right? I know someone's already the best at it. I don't have to be the best anymore. I can just be Wyatt Welch and I can sing or act how I want to, to my personal best. And that's kind of helped chill me out there a little bit of, instead of trying to get into that mindset of I'm better than this person, all that kind of stuff. Like I said, I'm not perfect with this. I don't think 
I mean, my friend Dana, Dana Facer is absolutely perfect with this in every aspect of life. She is perfect. But I, besides her, I don't think there's anyone that doesn't struggle with this time to time, right? Of trying to remind themselves to be humble, to, to be kind to others or kind to themselves, to not take those selfish diva moments. But I mean, it kind of also comes with the territory of sometimes we are going to act dramatic. We're theater kids, right? We do it all the time. Okay, number three. This one is not just in theater, but in any aspect of life is when people use yelling as a direction or as a tool. I'm immediately out. The minute that someone starts yelling to get my attention or to direct or choreograph or music direct, anything like that, anytime that they are trying to get my attention or get me to do something and they use yelling as the tool, I'm out. Because I am putting in, and I can, I'm, I'm just going to say this confidently, I am putting in too much work and too much effort to be yelled at as an adult, as a kid too, right? It goes all the way back to when I was a kid of, of anything. If I was being yelled at, there was no reason for that to be happening. Like I get people get frustrated. I get people that, uh, get upset or angry, but yelling or especially condescending in direction or in things like that, that's never going to be okay with me. That's never going to be something that I can sit and be like, yeah, I deserve that. No, I think it kind of comes back to <laughs> being sensitive is if someone yells at, I think of Jojo Siwa, like, well, I'm going to cry if you yell at me. Yeah, I'm going to cry. I'm, I will still cry as a 24 year old man. I will cry if you yell at me and that's okay. I just don't think that <laughs> moving to stage left indicated a screaming match, right? Between, between us. So that's just something that it bothers me. And I get that sometimes yelling is, is needed, but I don't think that theater is ever a place of where it's needed, right? I think, I, I definitely think that there's times where directors need to be strict with their performers. I mean, it comes from having teaching theater and working with kids. There are times of when you need to raise your voice to get people's attention, or you do have to change your tone of voice. But I always try to be very careful about, I don't ever want to yell at kids. And this, like I said, not just in theater, but in every, every part of my life, I don't want to be a person that yells because once someone does that, I'm out. And so I can just automatically assume people are going to react that same way. But yeah, I'm not a yelling person. I do expect a lot of students. I do expect a lot of kids when I work with them or when I'm presenting. But I'm very careful about never yelling. I think yelling in indicates anger or it, it almost like threatening. And that's just not that's not me. I'm not a, I don't think of myself as a threatening person. So I never want to come across that way. I think stern is a good answer, strict even, but never threatening. So yeah, that's my, that's my little opinion on that. Number four, this one's a little less serious, but it's messy dressing rooms. I get it. Theater's hot. Theater's like not hot in a sexy way. Like theater is hot of where you are melting, you're dying, you're sweating more than you've ever sweat in your life. I drink water nonstop. It's when I'm in a show, I'm in the best physical health of my life because I'm drinking so much water. There's no time for soda. There's no time to sit back on a couch. I'm constantly dancing or moving my body in some way. But the, the conditions that come with that is I like to think of myself as, as a clean person, 
But in shows, I do I do get smelly, right? It just happens because you're working and you're smelling. That being said, I still try to take care of my hygiene when I'm in a show. I still put on I put on extra deodorant. I take a shower before and after the show. I make sure to always bring a pair of clean socks with me to the dressing rooms or uh, you know, spray my undershirts with clothing things. That being said, there are some people who don't have those same hygiene habits, and that's when it starts to get gross because you have people who reuse socks, which I can tell you just a, a, a testament here. If you use a pair of socks in a show, you need to wash them or they will smell disgusting. It'll smell like Cheez-Its. Oh. And I'm sorry to be gross. I'm sorry to give you such a visual, not visual, what's the, uh, not sensual either. What's the word? Smelling, a, such a smelling picture there. That is what it will be. And so if you're reusing socks, that is not a good hygiene habit. Let's change that one. Bring deodorant with you. Always bring an extra one because if you think that you need deodorant, odds are is, yeah, you do need deodorant. And so you sweat, you get gross. So put it on before and after the show. Take a shower before and after the show. It's perfect, right? And like it's regardless, you're working on stage. So you're going to start smelling, you're dancing, you're you're under hot lights. There's 20 other people doing the same thing. So it's just amplified. But we can help minimize the smells of dressing rooms when we are clean and when we are hygienic. Also, another thing, if you ever get your stuff in my space of the dressing room, get it off. I Okay, this is where I become a diva in the dressing room. I don't care where I am in the dressing room. As long as I can have like, let's see, like a, a two by two space area, like a two by two two feet by two feet area of space that I can call my own where I can organize things and place things down. That is perfect. I don't care if it's in a closet. One time I brought my own table from home and I like sat in the attic because I just needed a space of where I could come back to a collected area. But if you are throwing your Cheez-It socks onto my space, or if you are taking things from my space, that's when I become the Wyatt Welch diva. That's when it becomes Ugh, that's when I become a per- that's when I become a threatening person. No, but I just need that space of where I can call home in the dressing room. And so when people are messing up that home, or people are gross and just leave their things out and about, or they are throwing their undergarments everywhere, and I have to walk through it, it's just not for me, right? I'm a I'm a clean person. I'd like to say I'm not really I guess kind of a neat freak, but. In the dressing rooms especially, just keep hygienic, please. No one wants to smell you. No one wants to be in your mess. Keep it clean. Number five, unhelpful rehearsals or wasted time. I think this can be agreed upon with every single person of if you've ever been called to a rehearsal and you've sat down in the seats and you did nothing that entire rehearsal and you went home, you're like, that was three hours of my life that I wasted here. Biggest pet peeve ever, not just in theater, in any spot of life, wasted time. And I get it that there are some times where you do need to be called to say one line in a scene, and that does take up a full hour or however many, but I hate, 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 hate when an actor is called for a, for a time and they're not used. And I feel for it when I have students of like, am I going to be using the scene today? I'm like, I don't know. I really don't know. So a way that I try to combat against this is anytime I go to rehearsal, I if I'm not being used, that's when I'm like, okay, can I go practice this? Can I go work on something while you're not using me? 
and 99% of the time they're like, yeah, go ahead. That's when it becomes a time of like, okay, this was not a wasted rehearsal because I myself have not made it a wasted rehearsal. However, there has been that 1% of the time of where I said, can I go do something to work on? And they're like, no, we need you in this room just in case we need you. And I'm like, okay. So then I sit there and I'm just watching and three hours go by and they're like, oh, so actually we won't need you. You can go home. And I sat there doing nothing for three hours. And I'm sure this has probably happened to most people listening to this podcast. It is infuriating. Like, why did you not let me go? I wanted to go home. And if you're in theater, you know how precious those nights are off. Like if you have a night off from rehearsal, you don't want to waste it. Or if you have time, like downtime, you don't want to waste that because we're busy people. So if you have a rehearsal of where you're like, I could have stayed home. I could have gone to that party that was scheduled. You are, it's, it's the worst kind of feeling. So that would be my, one of my biggest things there of, I don't ever want to waste someone's time. I don't ever want someone to waste my time. So I want to do my best to always make sure that somehow an actor's time is being used, whether it be mine or someone else's, that it's just always being used to work to create something. Okay, that was my five things I hate about theater. And I feel pretty good about it. I feel like I could have gone a little bit more on about the messy dressing rooms, but I decided to to cut myself short there. But now moving on to the five things of why I actually enjoy theater. And like I said, there's a lot more reasons of why I enjoy theater than why I don't like it. But it's more fun to talk about the things that you hate sometimes. I'm also deciding right now that it is quite late and I do need to get to bed. So I think instead of doing both of the things of why I love or hate theater in the same episode, I'm going to split it up because we're about at 25 minutes-ish here of recording And I feel like my other five things, I don't want to cut short to make it short, but I also don't want to stay up and have to edit this. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to end this one here of the five things I hate about theater, because that's quite a catchy title. And then the next episode, hopefully by next week, will be the five things I love about theater. So there you go. Now you guys have something to look forward to. How exciting, right? Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it with your friends or family, people that you think would enjoy it, the people that you say, yeah, let's hate theater together. Share it with them. And if not, if you're just here to listen, that's enough. Thank you so much for being here and for listening to the whole thing. You can follow me on Instagram at echotalk. I also have my sticker store of quiet doodling. I'm just going to throw that little thing in there too. I make stickers sometimes. So if you want to go check that out, go check out my Instagram of quiet doodling, Echo Talk. Or if you want to follow me, my name is Wyatt Welch and you can follow me there on Instagram. Thank you again so much for listening. I will see you guys next time. Bye.